Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Hundred and sixty-three episodes, one massive call, and it all rides on this. England in the final against South Africa. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2023. This is it, guys. This is the Rugby World Cup final 2019. England against South Africa. Dan, how are you feeling? Saturday, the 3rd of October, 2015. My heart was absolutely broken when Australia knocked us out of our home World Cup at home. Just over four years later, we are playing in the fucking World Cup final, mate. We are playing for glory once again. And you know what, Australia? We knocked you out as well. So see how you like it. (laughs) We we did. Um, uh, did, I don't know, just before we get into it all, did you catch any of uh, the, the Wales game yesterday? Uh, um, I, did I catch it? Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I, I think that showed how good a team New Zealand are. I think it showed perhaps where Wales are are not quite ready to did, be in a World Cup final. I, I mean, I, I've obviously clearly I'm not the biggest fan, um, but I've been saying it for a while. I, I mean, did that to, to me that just highlights that they're not as good as I think. I don't. When I say they're not as good as they think they are. I don't know what the what the players themselves are thinking, or you know how they're they're approaching. I'm, think, I'm talking about the fans, the Welsh fans, the, the stuff I see on Twitter. But to me, the it, it just shines a light on that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It was. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to know. I mean, it's... I, I, what, what was good? I, I mean, I, I, obviously they went out with with this kind of idea that, like, you know, it's our last game with Warren. Uh, we're going to go and we're going to play some rugby. And you know, they showed that when when they're attacking, they can be a threat. The, the problem is, is that for so long they've been this kind of defensive machine. That's that's been their sort of strength. And what that game yesterday showed me was that when they switch to attack mode, the defense stuff all kind of falls apart. And and obviously, as we've seen with England and and through through the ups and the downs over the last couple of years, to get to this point, to be in with a shot at uh, at winning the World Cup, you've got to have the defense and the attack absolutely nailed down. You've got to have the full package. Yeah, it does. It doesn't seem like a version of total rugby, does it? It does not. It doesn't. That, that, that said, though, you know they've got they've got the players, uh, or they've got some some of the players, and um, you know we'll see. It'll be very interesting to see what happens over the, you know, in the next era of Welsh rugby, and whether they find a way to to, to sort that out. But um, it wasn't to be yesterday. Uh, the All Blacks looked pretty uh, pretty strong. Um, sadly, it was for a bronze medal. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's the All Blacks are an awesome rugby team, and I think that just highlights how good, how good we are, and how good we were last week, and how how deserving we are for this final. Which is, it's been a uh, it's been a weird week. It's been a quieter week than I thought, but from a sort of news coming out of a camp. But actually, weirdly enough, that gives me a bit of confidence. Yeah, there's definitely a, a sort of calm, calculated sort of confidence in camp. That it's, it's not arrogant. It's it's. I think, you know, it, it seems like it just comes from being totally uh, kind of prepared. Um, yes, and that and that I think is where that confidence comes from because that's the impression that I get of these guys. But um, but look, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this um, in 
some depth. <laughs> Whether or not people would consider our chat to be deep is uh, is another question. But before we do, um, we've had a couple more reviews. So I'm going to go through those quickly. Um, the first one is from Diaspora Michael. Okay. I think is is that one of these names that actually you say it completely differently, and I sound like a moron for saying it wrong. Or I, I'm, uh, I'm not. I'm not sure, mate. I haven't. I haven't seen it. It's, well, it's, it's like people who say Siaban instead of Siobhan. Ah, uh, uh -huh, right. I'm with you. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know the spelling, but. Don't know, don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah. Apologies if I've got it wrong, Michael. Um, but he, anyway, five stars. He says, what a fantastic fun pod on the way to World Cup glory. Well done to you both and thank you for the entertaining rugby, clobber and real life insights uh, to our shared world of supporting the Rose. A chariot await, awaits, lads. Five stars. Excellent. Thank you very much. What a, what a, what a nice review. And that's exactly what we are trying to do, what we have been trying to do. And now... And now here we are. Here we are. I still feel it still feels a bit surreal that we're in the World Cup final, which is which, is, which I think is actually probably an unfair thing to say because we are hundred percent deserve to be there. And we knew, Dan. We've been saying it for two and a half years. I don't know how many oh, times I've got to tell you. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I may, I'm, I'm, I know, I've known all along. <laughs> Nothing surreal about this, my friend. I believe you. Uh, you put it nicely when you talked about the semi-final, but World Cup final. I believe you're expecting us. Yes, 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 you are. Yes, you are. Well, we will, we, will, <laughs> we are here. Uh, we, we've heard from Mr. Perrin again. Uh, he's based out, down in Ireland. And he says, he's English, obviously. He says, five stars. Can't wait till England get revenge on South Africa. We will smash them after we made the All Blacks look like Scotland. Sam Underhill's <laughs> a brick wall and our defence is the best in the world. I, as all the rest of your listeners, am demanding a post-World Cup podcast. Oh, that's cool. That's that's cool. That's that's nice. It's uh, I think for now let's focus on on today what we've got ahead, and saying Sam Underhill is a rock. Um, as is Tom Curry, who has been nominated for World Player of the Year. Uh, mate, I'm I'm amazed. I, I, I mean, let's jump straight into that then. Some of the guys not nominated, and actually some of the ones that are. Um, Go on. Well, firstly, I I don't care how much you like him as a man, how much you uh, appreciate him as a leader. Alan Wynne-Jones is not one of the best players this year. He's, he's had a good year. He's had a great year. I think there's probably a bit of nostalgia involved. Yeah, well, that's that. not what... You know, this isn't world leader of the year or world's nice man of the year. or you know, This is world player of the year. This is the best players. Let, let's face it, it. The best... The world player of the year will come from a winning team. Get better. It will, it will. But then, but, you know, no fans so nominated. Congratulations, congratulations, Tom Curry. It wasn't Marrow yeah. nominated, or was he? Did he miss out? No, well? no, 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 no. Tom, Tom Curry's the only England player nominated, which I find I find quite insane. I'm amazed Johnny May's not. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole list you could go through. I mean, yeah, you know, certainly, certainly, either one of well, both of Cunderhill. Yes, uh, should be should be in the mix. Itoje for me should be in the mix for sure. Yes, possibly a Sinclair. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's um, a great. I think Faz. I think you know. Okay, he, he's had one bad game against Argentina, but this year he's been awesome. Whether it be for Saris, whether it be for England, um, you know, the guy the guy doesn't put many feet wrong. Bear in mind what Saracens have done. I think the problem with I think the problem with Faz is because. 
everyone just expects brilliance every time. If there's something slightly less than brilliance, it's still it's seen as a bad game, whereas it can still be a great game. He 100% should be on that list. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's you know he's he's so he he's the, he is the consummate professional, and I know people like to point fingers and they talk about his dodgy tackling technique and you know how they they say that he's a cheat and and you know that he moans and it, it, I don't agree with any of that. I mean, if there were questions over his tackling technique, he's clearly worked on it and and sorted it out. England are the only team not to have received a card at this world in this World Cup. You know he hasn't. He's all he's been. He's only been on the receiving end of bad hits. He hasn't put any in. He's put in some big hits. You know his defence is strong um, when it needs to be. And people often will look at the stats and go, "But, but look how many tackles he missed." But that's because they play a particular type of blitz defence, which almost expects certain tackles to be missed. It's it's designed as much as anything. It's designed. Look, you, you rush up because there's someone else covering you in case you miss the tackle. But in that rushing up, you might put the guy off. You might get there before the pass is made, in which case you're going to you know, um, have a more in- impactful tackle. Um, you might get an interception. It, it's, it's kind of by design that he's got a, a, re- a relatively high missed tackle rate. But when he needs to tackle, when he's, when he's on the back foot and defending, I don't think he has any problems at all. He puts in big hits all day long. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's a shame, but... Do you know what? Never mind. I what's important is they're they're going to get everything they deserve after after the game, and they are. I am so confident we're going to win this game, and whether they're nominated World Player of the Year or not, it's completely secondary because they are going to get all the plaudits that they have worked hard for and deserve when we beat the South Africans, which make no mistake, my friend, we will do. Oh God, I hope this is none of the Scotland. Oh um, my God! Yeah. Is, is there is there a more kind of calm, uh, collected captain slash fly half slash centre slash talisman um, in a in a a team in in world rugby than Owen Farrell? I mean, Lions legends speak about him and about about his, you know his professionalism and his voice. Um, you know, even when he when he the first time he played for the Lions, he was about twelve. Um, you know, he was still one of the voices that people remember hearing. You know, there are various clips of him giving out advice to guys far more senior, far more experienced than him, but but them hanging on every, his every word. Is this just is this just because of the way that he's grown up, um, being around the sport, and obviously with his dad, and and just a mindset that he has? Is it something he's developed? You know, it's it's a bit like Johnny. Uh, Johnny Wilkinson was in a completely different way, you know, totally sort of obsessed with rugby. And yeah. Faz seems very much the same, but just, yeah, in a slightly different way, but in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. I think him and uh, the now retired Kieran Reeves stand out as two captains in world rugby. I mean, Khaleesi, the South African captain, he's great in different ways because he's so inspirational for what he's done but if you're looking at it purely from a rugby perspective I think Owen Farrell and Kim and Reed stand out and I would put Owen Farrell ahead of course of course I mean (laughs) there were a couple of um a couple of sort of uh quotes slash conversations that were were recorded I actually saw the videos for both of these I think they were probably in Rising Suns but just to kind of reference Faz and the way that he is um prior to the Australia game they, they, he was caught on camera, you know, in a huddle, team meeting, and he was saying, you know, I know this is training, 
Um, but control to brutality, control to brutality. Put yourselves in a position today to be brutal. That's in training. Um, Jesus Christ, I, I would not have the energy to be doing that. It's no shit now. And then before the, before the New Zealand game, uh, <laughs> we're going to punish them with good decisions. Okay, we're going to play this game at our pace, our pace, not how they want to play it. Nice. And it's just, I don't know, I, I know that you could throw, I'm sure that everyone's got their own things to say, but I guess, you know, sometimes people think of captains as being these guys who are going to come up with some Henry V type speech and, and everyone's going to well up and, and be super psyched following a, a team talk. He just seems to know just the right things to say. And it's, and it's all carefully considered. And you can kind of imagine hearing the words and, and it actually being quite a, a sort of driving force. And, you know, when you step out on the field and it's like, yeah, you're going to remember what he said because it was clear and it was concise and it was, it was effective. Yeah, I think so. I think Owen Farrell, even if he doesn't play his best game, but you'll be surprised to hear this, I've got a feeling Farrell is going to be man of the match what? today. Dan's got a feeling. <laughs> exactly. I'm pretty sure they come true, you know, some some of the time. Um, even if he personally doesn't have an exceptional game, which we're used to, I think his just his presence on the pitch is so valuable to England. I think the thing with Owen Farrell is that is that you know how effective, not how effective, him having a, a good game. I think his standards, are, uh, he's held to a higher standard than most yeah, because of what yeah, we've yeah. seen in the past. So actually, he can have a bad game for him and still be highly effective for the rest of the team. Yeah. You know, and when he has a great game, that just raises the game of everybody else around him. And he's not, you know, I'm not saying he's the only person within the, within the team who can, who can do that. But, you know, he's definitely a, a, an important um, cog. Cog? In that wheel? No, wheel yeah. in that cog? I don't know. Whatever the saying is. He, he's an oh, imp- yeah. important part of it. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Absolutely. He is he's vital. I think they all are. I think they I just don't think he has he'll he's gonna have a bad game in a rugby world cup final. I think he's so organized, he's so prepared, he's so anal about just being everything being right that I that I just think it can only it can only click. My my only issue with Owen Farrell will be is if in his words, if he's too brutal. But I think it's always controlled. Uh, even even if the, the arm may be slightly slower to wrap than some people would like. But this is what um, I mean. Yeah. It, he's not going out to cheap shot. No. He's going out to hit hard and to smash, but he's not going out to cheap shot. But When he put that hit in, and it was against South Africa, which is the, you know, I know it happened again against Australia, but against South Africa is the one that everyone's really talking about. And, uh, it was on Vermeulen. It was on Vermeulen, wasn't it? So was he had, it? I think so. He, certainly, it was on someone that he had no right to smash. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that obviously annoyed them in particular. But you know, I, I think the thing about that tackle is it was entirely intentional what he did. But he didn't what what he did. He didn't see as being illegal. He perhaps saw it as being on the line. But that you know, the intention was to put in a hit that potentially dislodges the ball. I don't think he was going out to just drop a shoulder and and kind of, you know, hit and hope. You know, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Now, the rules perhaps have changed and there's been a lot of a lot of light shone on his his tackling technique in particular and he appears as a result 
to have changed it. Uh, what else can you ask of a professional rugby player? Yeah, no, he's he's he's. If something goes wrong, he works on it and makes it right, and that is why he is such a great player, such a great player, such a great leader, and he set standards that England are living up to and have been living up to this World Cup. I mean, we, you cannot fault us this World Cup. This is the thing, isn't it? It's not like it's a one-off. It's not like they had one lucky game against New Zealand where it all sort of came together on the day. But but other than that, they've been poor. They've genuinely been growing at exactly the right time, getting a little bit better with each game. And they believe, and therefore so do I, that they're going to be, they're going to step it up again today for this final it's it's so big i i it's it's hard to know how much what more praise we can put on this england team because we've said it all before and rightly so deservedly so um and i am so excited to see them come together and i hope for their sake i hope they put in a great performance because they've worked hard and they deserve it yeah, yeah, and that and that's that's the key. That's the absolute key to it all. Well, look, Matt Dawson has uh, has come under some scrutiny for his announcement that his combined fifteen would. He, he said basically said that, that if you were looking at a combined fifteen for these two teams, you can't. You'd have to go all England. Is is that uh, arrogance or has he got a point? I. I love so so apart for me, but one bit for me which I which I would have questioned with that was probably at nine at Scrum Half. Mm-hmm. Now Matt and then I read Matt Dawson's reasoning for that and I was like, You can't argue with that. Yeah, maybe it yes, of course it's a bit of bias. If I you're looking at it arrogant. man man for man, just straight up man for man, then then yeah, there are probably there are probably some areas where you might say a tough call would need to be made. But the way that these guys have played as a as a as part of a fifteen, as part of a twenty three, as part of a thirty one, and and the way that they've they've continually improved with each game, and, and I I think there's a you know when you've got a fifty fifty call, that surely plays a part. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think for on sure. paper, yeah, there there probably are. Well, I'm sure there are there are positions where you, where you would go with with one of the box instead, you know. They've got some great players, you know, in the backs in Faf and, and Colbe in particular, but Derlande. Um, Derlande is going to be treated like a little schoolgirl today. But, but yeah, you, you can't look past what the England boys have done as a unit. I mean, you know, man for man, am I going to... Am I, I mean, well, it's, like it's not. I'm not picking a Henry Slade over anyone, am I? The, this is the problem as well, is, is the line-out, the line-up of the team, sorry. If you're looking at the starting 15s, then you would say Dayland is what thirteen. Uh, I think he's playing twelve, isn't he? Right. He's so it's, if he's playing twelve, then it's then it's him against Faz. So you're picking Faz. You're picking Faz. Even and if he was at thirteen, it's him against Manu. So you're picking Manu. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, he's if, not making. If it. after the changes, you've got Faz at ten, you've got Slade at twelve, and you've got JJ at thirteen, then maybe. Maybe you start to say, well, you know, would he, would he get in ahead of Slade? Perhaps. But, you know, that now you're in a different, you know, now, now you're not comparing apples to apples, are you? So I just think when you're looking at the 15. It's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, so, so the only other argument I would say is people look and say, Cheson Colby, should he be in there? Now, I'll tell you what, any day of the week, I think Cheson Colby is an absolutely awesome player. 
any day of the week, I am picking Johnny May and Anthony Watson as the two wingers in the combined 15, and I'm picking them twice on the final day. <laughs> twice on the final so, day? <laughs> twice on the final day. So, so it's just unfortunate that the box miss out in this combined 15. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's to unlucky. say that they're no good. No, um, they're very good. They're very good. They're just not, not as good as England. <laughs> not, oh. not as good. Well, there you go. Uh, so Dorse said it. We've said it. You've said it, Dan. Oh, I um, definitely have said it. I stand by it. My what? reasoning is probably not as uh, probably not as articulate or knowledgeable as Matt Dawson's. But my reasoning is obviously, but it doesn't need to be. That's the whole point. We're the England rugby pod. We don't need yeah. we don't need sound reasoning. We just need to we just need to record what the words, and then people will listen or they won't. That's the end of that. Yeah. So <laughs> if you want my reasoning, let's go back to the review we had the other day, where you said along the lines of England, 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 come on, England. That's my reasoning. I mean, mate, you did well to remember that. I, I, I did well. I, I looked it up before we came on because I forgot how it went. Uh, that's good. That's good. I mean, you got it wrong, but, but, oh, you, but you were close. A couple of English. Yeah, yeah near enough. Um, yeah, mate. Did you see? Did you see the clip of uh, Faz practicing his drop goals under the watchful eye of Johnny? I have not seen that clip. Where the yeah. hell is that? I've been looking at everything. Where well, have I missed miss, that? You've missed that one, mate. Yeah, Faz has been practicing his drop goals with Johnny Wilkinson as his sort of stand-in oh. scrum half, I, just advising I, 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 him. I, I, I actually want to YouTube it now. I won't. I'll wait till we finish, but I will be YouTubing that Cause, straight cause knowing, away. Knowing your uh, online skills, it could take some time. It will take some time. And also, you know me well enough to know I cannot multitask. I li- literally, if I see a squirrel run past, I, I'd chase after it and then come back like five minutes later. Are we so. going to see some drop goals? <laughs> yes, we are, yeah. Do you think? Do you think it's. Do you think. Because what's the game plan? I mean. I think what was particularly interesting about what Dawson wrote, just going back to that quickly, was was the fact that he said if South Africa come out with the same game plan that they had against Wales, they lose convincingly. And I, yeah. I agree. I, I, I'm not saying that South Africa can't beat England. I don't no. think they will. But I'm not saying they can't. But But if they come out with the same game plan, if they think that they can turn it into an arm wrestle, then I don't think they can win. No, they they will. I, I completely agree with that. But I don't think South Africa will play that way. It's been, it's been so much made of that this week. Yeah. But I think South Africa are sitting in their camp thinking, everyone's expecting this, but we're going to do this. And England are in their camp like, yeah, we're not idiots. <laughs> we're, we're like, like, we, go we've got all it. contingencies covered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think England will play the same game they played against New Zealand. But I think they will look, they will take points when they're on offer. And they've which, dropped which, goals. Which they did against New Zealand. They did do against New Zealand. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, George Fordike, he missed his drop goal, but he took but, but the, when, yeah, the when, when it was on, he took it. You know, we yes. took, they took their penalties. They missed a couple, but they still took them. Um, it's interesting that Ford wasn't also practicing, or maybe he was, and we just didn't see that right, clip. Yeah, exactly. The clip was probably yeah. just, just happened to be of, of fans. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the line out's obviously going to be key. England's line out's been going brilliantly, but so has South Africa's. Yes, um, they've yeah. got a ninety-seven percent win rate on their on their lineup. So theirs is actually, I think, higher. I don't know what the actual numbers. Um, I think they've they've won something like twenty-nine out of thirty, but I don't know how many lineouts England have had to to compare. But both teams going into this with with a really strong um, lineout win rate, and you know, winning your own lineout is going to be absolutely key. If either side can disrupt the the opposition early on, that's going to cause problems. So that's definitely going to be a, a key area, I think, um, that these guys are going to need to look at. Um, 
and just the set piece in general. You know, England want to control this game. They want to do what they did against New Zealand. Um, and to do that, you've got to control your set piece first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to dominate their set piece. I just think, like, like you say, if we, if we manage our own set piece, if we win our line outs, win our scrums, I think that'll be enough. The only problem will start coming if we start getting turned over in a lot of line outs. But I don't see it happening. Steve Borthwick, he's a line out genius. Jamie George is throwing with the accuracy of someone hunting Bugs Bunny. Just he just hits it every time. And you're so weird with your analysis. <laughs> I, I don't even know where and that you've came been from. About that one <laughs> I literally don't know where that came from. I don't know why I'm thinking of Bugs Bunny right now. <laughs> it's just uh, it's um, Jamie George is on fire there. So I I think as long as if if our lineouts and scrum work like they did against New Zealand, I think we're going to be an incredibly hard team to beat. Um, Shit, we've got it all going on. We've got George Ford's kick, you know, tactical kicking that's going to that's going to peg them back. We've got you know the forwards in attack, you know, the, the the kind of the silky smooth hands and and the the kind of running ability that we have from from the big boys is is you know unmatched um, at the moment. Um, you know, obviously, with the pace uh, that we've got out wide, um, you know, with Daly, if he's if he's firing, um, coming in on the counter attack, and with what Manu is capable of doing up the middle as well, you know, we've got the the players to cause all sorts of problems in attack if we can if we can control the tempo of the game and get quick ball. But defensively as well, with Curry and Underhill, and the, you know, I mean, there was a stat: Sam Underhill. Has I mean he made sixty two tackles in this World Cup. Uh, he's only he's about sixth I think in in terms of the total number of tackles made. But he is cu- the current leader in sack tackles. I don't even know what those are. But he's got he's made nine sack tackles, the most of anybody in this Rugby World Cup. I'm guessing they're dominant tackles where you're actually knocking the player back and perhaps they're losing the ball in the tackle. But you know that just that just highlights. I I, I thought it was more Sam Underhill. I think is the human being the human being alive who most resembles a square human. His shoulders are just he is so wide, so powerful. And this week, one of the things that everyone keeps saying to me is, uh, uh, even that's their biggest arms in world rugby. I'm like, so? <laughs> well, Curry and Underhill are the two craziest guys in world rugby. I'd rather have them, thanks. Yeah, Marrow, 10 turnovers, most in the World Cup. That is insane. Marrow is such a big player for us. We're having to stretch a little bit with this one, but Billy, most most carries for a Tier 1 player, 179. Most offloads for a Tier 1 player, 24. Um, and most Tier 1 metres by a forward, 499. But, well, well yeah. it's, it's two Tier but 1 teams. I was going to so say, we're playing a Tier 1 team, so this yeah. is comparing them to, to their opposition you know, for the game in, in however long it is. Um, so yeah, these are the, you know obviously the stats mean nothing. Once the game gets going, it's got to be played out. But you know, there's a reason why these stats exist, and it's because of what they've been able to do in the past. So um, you know, we've got we've got guys who are who are breaking records and setting new records and and setting standards, and they they clearly hold themselves to a very high standard. Anyway, um, it's going to be pretty awesome to see how they uh, how they dish it out this time round. Um, if they do, when they do, Dan, they'll be the first team to do the Southern Hemisphere treble in a single World Cup. Quadruple. We beat Argentina as well. Then they count. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and that's, and that's why we were saying um, 
when last week before South Africa Wales, I uh, we when we win, we will have won. We have we will have gone through, but we've done the hard way. We arguably had the toughest group. Fair enough, we didn't play France, but you know, let's face it, we would have destroyed them. Um, we arguably had the toughest group, and then we've had Australia, New Zealand, South Africa in the knockout stages. I mean, that that is yeah. If you go all the way, there's no question that you deserve to be at the top. You know, it's not like one of these where where you've lucked out and got an easy route. And, and you know, if if South Africa win, to, uh, if South Africa win, then New Zealand will be saying, "Well, we beat them." Yeah, well, we, beat, well, we, we, beat, like... <laughs> we beat them in the pool stages, so they're not—they're obviously not the best team in the world. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean. But if England win, there's no one who can say, "Well, we yeah. beat them in the pool stages, or we beat them in the knockouts, or we beat them at some other stage in this World Cup." They've won every single game. I mean, they're the only team left who can win every single game. They're the only unbeaten side. Yeah, and and so far, no one's even looked like beating England. No one's even looked like they stood a chance against England, no. including the All Blacks. That is insane yeah, that, that is we insane. are saying that. Why is my adrenaline pumping so hard right now? I'm actually just... It's because it's trying. World Cup final, Dan. Of course. It is. That's exactly why. You are, You should be so proud of how much I'm holding this in. I just want to be shouting down. Like, right. I'm so proud of you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you um, very much. Rest, rest we're not, we're not just funny. about England favourable stats because uh, I've got a few for South Africa as well they've conceded one try in four Rugby World Cup matches against England so I don't know if that's actually a a favourable one to South Africa because I think the way that that England play um, I can't see it being a a trialless game I mean Defenses, defenses will be on high alert tomorrow. The motivation in defense will be huge. But I don't but... think it's about making tackles. I think you know, to, to, it, England are gonna, England are gonna open. They're gonna create space. They're gonna create gaps. It's open gonna, the door to well, try town. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I. So yeah. I, I think. I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see tries. Um. We're definitely gonna see more than one from England. Yes. Mark my words. Um, but interestingly, both of South Africa's previous finals have been trialless. It's not just against England. Um, really? One of those. Really? Yeah, so, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so they've made two finals before, and in both cases, yeah. uh, they were trialless. Um, yeah. So, you know, they, they are used to playing tight, tight game, games. You know, I, I just think this is an England team. You know, in the past, England, that's the kind of game England would have played and did play. I just don't think that's the way they play anymore. Yeah, I no, I I agree. England are England are the best attacking team in the world right now. England are matching the the current record of this is being this being their fourth final. Australia and New Zealand have both done the same, but no one's ever done five. Okay. Or more. Um, so that's an interesting one. Is just getting England back level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we we need to win this one. We need to win this one badly. We do need to win this one badly. I mean, look, records. Are in South Africa's favour, 25 wins to England's 15. Uh, in Rugby World Cups, three to England's one. But, but in the last five, three to England, two to South Africa. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident it's going to be four two. Of course, it's going to be four, four two. two. Do we so, dare, Dan? Do we dare make predictions? I was just about to ask you the same <laughs> question. Either great minds think alike, or probably more likely, fools never differ. Yeah, but, I, I've got one written down, so I'm okay with doing it. Going for it, if you, if you, if you've got. Uh, we're, we're going for predictions, of course we are. 
England, 28. South Africa, 16. Ooh. I'm not a million miles away. Uh, England, 33. Okay. Three tries, four penalties, slash drop goals. Okay. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> South Africa, 13. One try, two penalties. <clears throat> okay. Okay. 33 13. 33 13. I've had. Yeah, okay. And you've gone, what? 28 16. Yeah, I, I don't give a shit which one it is. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy. It can be. One. Well, it can't be 1 0, but I'd be happy with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. 3 0. I mean, I don't want to. You know, obviously, we want to see the tries, but if, if, if at the end that final whistle goes yeah. and it's 3 0 to England, I'll take it. Yes, yeah, of course we will. Of um, course I can't we will. see that happening. It's, it's, uh. it's going to be a scoring game. It's not going to be one of these nasty, tight games like they played against Wales. And even, yeah, yeah. and even that still ended up being, what, 13 16 or something? Yeah, it, it wasn't a great. The thing is, tomorrow, um, so I think I've just let the cat out of the bag. Oh, yeah, damn, they've worked yeah. it out. They've worked it out. <laughs> we're, we're doing our breathing the night before because we Such were thinking... Such an early start. It, 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 it's an early start and we want to soak up all the build-ups to it. We were doing so but, well, Dan. I know, I know. And there were a few times I've resisted saying it. But now I have. Mm. And now I've completely forgotten my point. No, I do remember my point. My point is that the game tomorrow... It's going to be, from a fan point of view, especially for England and South African fans, you, every touch of the ball, your heart's going to be pumping fast. So I don't think we'll even know if it's a shit game or good game because it will just be so, it's so big, it's so important. So I, performance means nothing tomorrow. It is just result. Can England score a try in under 98 seconds? Yes. Will they? No. <laughs> Damn, it, will is, be, it will be 105 <laughs> seconds. 105? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. interesting. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be huge. Um, I can't wait. I, I, I don't want to hear any more South Africans telling me how great it will be for their country um, because they can't pull that one out every four years. That, that, yeah, they, yeah. They had that yeah. in 95. Yes, and, and, and yes, that's awesome. But it'll be great for England as well. Yeah, we've got oh, Brexit. Yeah, yeah, we deserve this, man. <laughs> we've got an absolute Plus, clown as our Prime Minister. And, yeah. yeah, we've spent two and a half <laughs> years making a podcast entirely based on England winning the World Cup. If they don't win it, we're going to look a little foolish. <laughs> you know, yeah, if we didn't win it, just like, so, uh, seems we were wrong. But we won't be. We will not be wrong. We will not be wrong, Dan. Um, guys, all right. Well, look. Now that the cat's out of the bag, we can oh, no. we can still we can still leave you with the anthem. Listen, take it in, join in if you will. I know it's already you're listening to this and the game's already over, but you know, in celebration of the result, sing along to that anthem, and we will be back to discuss how the first half went any minute now.
Dan, this is not exactly uh, the plan we envisaged. It's it's not going to plan just yet. It's England is England are nervous. There's a part of me that thinks maybe this is a good thing to happen. Maybe now they can go into half time, and it can just be like, guys, you need to relax. You need to play your game because <laughs> when we're playing, we look dangerous. Is this the most important halftime talk of Eddie Jones's career? Oh my God, yes, yeah, <laughs> without doubt, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. This is the most important. Um, it's oh, it's. There's a lot. Are, are we worried about the scrums? That's well, yeah, hundred percent. You have to be the way things are going at the moment. Um, you know th- that last one. Yeah, fair enough. No questions there. But uh, I don't want to. I don't want to start pointing fingers at the referee. I just. I, but I'd like to see. I'd like to see things just a little more consistent. Yeah, P- particularly I, I... with the with the turnovers and you know that that you know the prime example being that incident with like how quickly he blew up. Um, England for, went, ho- for holding on, yeah. and then and then Atoje, you know, was was hands on the ball for you know an age, and nothing came of it, and so so I want to see it there. And then in the scrums, clearly there's some, you know, I mean this is the key with 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 set pieces with scrum time. It's all about getting into the referee's head early on, um, and South Africa have won that battle, and it's going to be it's going to be a it, England have got a massive job ahead of them to try and change that. Um, yeah, in, and South Africa will. So, sorry, Karen. well, no, they need they need to they need to avoid scrums, unfortunately. Yeah, um, and that means so, no handling errors. Yeah, so South Africa will um, will be playing that game now, just going for the scrums. We need to, and I trust in Steve Borthwick to do this. Well, we, we need to just reset and just say, look, what's going wrong with the scrums? What, why is this happening? What whatever happens in a scrum? Like, you and I are definitely not the people to to chat this out, but I. There's just watching it. I'm still not worried. I know that's probably a stupid thing to say. I know that's probably a naive thing to say. I think we're a better team. I think that. I think the cream will rise to the top. And although Gar says there's times where I'm a bit like these decisions, I don't think I'm going to give him credit here. I don't think he's one of those who won't change his mind. I don't think he's now on South Africa's side. I think if we get back in this game, start dominating. He, he will play the game that he sees in front of him. So that doesn't concern me. We, we, need to, we need to change. We need to play more. When we're playing, we look dangerous. We should have had a try. Ben Young's, unfortunately, his passing's poor. But mm-hmm. that's okay. He'll come out. He'll, he'll do well. We've got Ben Spencer there. Ben Spencer's great. He's got bullet accurate pass. We just need a little bit more accuracy, play with freedom, and I think we can, I think we can open them up. They need they, to, we, we, we're going to do this. We they need to calm do down. Um, you know, we've talked oh, yeah. in the build-up oh, yeah, yeah. to this, in all the games leading up to this stage, we've talked about how England have been calm and composed, mm-hmm. and that seems to be one of the, the the missing ingredients at the moment. They they seem panicked. Now, I don't know whether you know the the the, the Kyle Sinclair injury at about two minutes. It seemed to throw them. They they seem to struggle to work out how best to react to that and. You know, England have shown that they have this ability now that perhaps was lacking eight, 18 months ago or so, people said, to to kind of have a, a plan B on, on the pitch. But I feel like they, they have that now. They have that ability to react to the situations. But on this occasion, they've not reacted quick enough um, and they've given uh, South Africa a foothold. However, the score is 6-12, so it's, yeah. there's only six points in it. Um, so South Africa, despite their power, you know, 
they clearly have a game plan that is get set piece, get the scrums in in penalty winning positions, and win a penalty and kick points. Um, they, you know, yes, they've got pace out wide and they're and they're making runs, but England are handling that. They're dealing. They're soaking up that 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 pressure. Um, England, England need to score tries. For me, yeah. South Africa will do what they've done in the second half. They'll they'll play their game and they'll kick their points. But England can change all of that with a with, with a try with a couple couple of tries. Uh, and I know that's a massive ask. I'm, you know, I'm not suggesting that's a, a simple thing. But if England can get a couple of tries early in the second half, the whole game changes because South Africa can no longer play the same game plan because suddenly they're chasing the game, um, and that's that's key to South Africa in terms of, of their their game plan and executing it is that they're in the position that they're in. They're ahead at half time playing it their way. Um, and, you know, they're, they're dictating the pace of the game. They're dictating the, the style of the game. If England can just break that down and force South Africa to have to react to England, then I think the game opens up and then I think it's England's game. Yes, yeah. We, we, we can't carry on playing this game because this game we lose this game yeah yeah we we, we lose this game exactly because this is this is how south africa want the game to go but i don't think we will i think we'll open up a little bit more accuracy just sort of calm down just go out there play how we know we can play and we've got this we i i i'm still comfortable i'm still confident we need to stop this, uh, yeah, this power game, these scrums. I hope there's something that the coaches can do at half time to just say, look, at the scrum, just try this. Maybe I, I don't, I have no idea what the answer is of the scrum, but, but maybe the answer is you, you don't even need to compete just hard. Just don't give away a penalty because mm. I back us in defence. It's if we stop giving away those penalties, that that to us, I think that takes away a massive. Paul of South Africa's oh, what they're playing for. It's 100. percent That's their game plan. Their, their, their game plan is whether it's whether it's kick to touch off penalties that are too deep to win the line out, to set up a driving mall to try and win the penalty there, or whether it's scrum in open play, um, you know, in a kickable position, win a penalty there, and kick the points. Now, you know, th- th- I'm not taking anything away from the fact that they're able to back back up that game plan, you know, against a team like England. I mean, that's that's a, a massive credit to the to the power that they're. Uh, pack possesses and, and the fact they have another one on the bench you know that's a worry too when you've got Dan Cole having to come on after two minutes and he's going to be playing the full 80 um, but England need to find a way to negate that and I think the 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 answer is you've got to find a way in open play to open this game up and you've got to start putting points on the board with tries because if England as I say can score a couple of tries 20 points to 12 suddenly South Africa can't really afford to, to to continue with this game plan they have to look to score and that's when the game opens up and then England are controlling the pace of the game and England are controlling the, the type of game we're playing and then we have a different game on our hands um, unfortunately England have have allowed South Africa to dictate terms up to this point and I think yeah following this half-time chat we need to see England come out with a with a sort of a, a, a new they need they need to look at this as, as start again um, so I feel England have been very poor this half, but I feel that's actually, in some ways, that's reassuring because I think the coaches can go in and say, guys, this is this is crap compared to how you normally play, yet it's only 12-6. Mm. If you're just, even with the limited ball we had, if we were just a bit more accurate, a bit more, we are now looking, we are a dangerous team. And do you know what? 
it, it takes to win. It's not easy to win a World Cup. And this is the adversity that you need to fight through. I think they've done it well. That, that last penalty is shame, but I think it's a fair score right now. But if England come out and play, I'm pretty sure we can, we can change this score fairly quickly and fairly drastically. And that is what is going to happen. And we are going to be winning the World Cup. <laughs> uh, looking at those 25 phases, um, was, that a, was that a kind of a, a moral victory for South Africa? I know England came away with three points in the end, but you know, 25 phases of intense attacking rugby and South Africa defended it on their own line for, for a good chunk of those. I mean, that's a huge defensive effort from them. Um, England will obviously be kicking themselves. Yeah, that, that is a moral victory. But I'll tell you what, if, if, there, if there's a few more of them, South Africa won't be able to hold on. It will knacker them. It will, it will pull them down. And England will get, get by. And even in those 25 phases, you look, some of the passes were just a bit off. You know, you were passing to people who were catching it static. If we start going at just that bit more pace, catching it on the run, then South, the, the defence won't. We let South Africa defend that. Yeah. That, and, that, and what, that. Can we for just a moment just silently will Elliot Daly to just come out and have a, a second half where he where he competes for the ball under pressure and wins it? Because Elliot Daly is such a quality player. I, I feel he can he I feel he can make a difference. I feel he can do what he did against New Zealand and make that break. But I'm, not talk, that... but I'm not talking about. There's, there's no question what he can do. Ball in hand, oh, no, in attack. Oh, you're right. He's, yeah, but he's in a right. he's in a crucial position and he's being targeted. And I think they've kicked the ball down his throat about three, four times, and he's lost out all of them. So that that's a problem for a for a world class number fifteen in a World Cup final. Don't, don't worry about Elliot Daly. He knows this has not been his best start, but he's going to rise to it. Don't worry about that, my friends. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Well, I, I don't really feel like there's much more we can say about the first half. It's 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 a half probably to forget. Um, it's now forty minutes. England six nil down. England, uh, England. Yes, you start again. We come out there, we play our game, and we are an early, in an early try. And we're we're one point up with with yeah half a game of rugby to play for for glory. Even if it's not an early try, even if South Africa get the next kick. Fine, because as long as we can settle, play our game, we're going to win this. Well, I, I'm, I share your confidence. I think uh, maybe not quite as confident, but um, you know, come on, we've we've got this. We've got this. Uh, we're, we're babbling. Let's let's get back to it and let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> let's because get this back is, to it. This is all going to be about the next the next part of this uh, episode. Um, and God, I hope we're uh, slightly more cheery. Yeah, we will be. We will be, brother. Come on, boys. We'll catch you in just a moment. Oh, Dan, we were so close. We were so close. England were less close. It's it's not the script we wrote, is it? It's, it's, it's not. not. They went off script. I don't. I, I be to be honest with you. I'm I'm a little 
I'm a little disappointed. I don't know whether it got lost in the post. I don't know whether someone thought they could change it without letting <laughs> us know, because it, we we certainly were not uh, informed of any changes. We were quite clear in in how we wanted it to go. Um, oh, mate, I'm gutted. Mate, I, I'm absolutely heartbroken. Uh, to any South African fans out there, I, I think the only thing to say is congratulations. Like the, the better team on the day yeah. one, you're congratulations world champions. And, and fuck you. Yeah, oh, a massive fuck you, a huge fuck you. But you are world champions and deservedly so. Uh, South Africa outplayed us, won that game fair and square. But do you know what? And I can only speak from my point of view. I think England have done us massively proud this tournament. I think they've been brilliant. It wasn't quite enough. It should have been. We hoped it would be, but it wasn't. And there's no there's no shame in that. They didn't. They haven't let us down. They've given everything. And boys, uh, Percy, very proud of you all. I'm sorry it didn't go the way today. Congratulations, South Africa. And um, I hate rugby. <laughs> <laughs> me too, mate. Me too. I, I hate to say it, but uh, Gatland may have called it when he said that England played their final in the semis. I, I, I still maintain that had England come out playing the type of rugby that they played in the semi-final, and admittedly that's a lot harder to do when you can't win set-piece, but there were attacking opportunities for England that they threw away. There were there, there were way too many errors Um from England, you know, it was a different game for sure. They couldn't, they couldn't come out and play the same game that they played against New Zealand. Um, but, but when you're playing a team that are so dominant at set piece, and and you know, obviously that's hindsight speaking. But when you're playing a team that's so dominant at set piece, you cannot afford to make mistakes when you do have possession. And the fact that England were, despite that dominance, England were right in it um, up until the last sort of 25, 25, 30 minutes, obviously it all started to change, or 20 minutes it started to change. But they were right in it. And, and just, and just yeah, too, unfortunately, it's a World Cup final. There's no room for errors and there were too many. Do you think the occasion got to them? <coughs> We've, we talked yeah. before about them you know, being calm and collected and professional and nothing phased them and, and all those things because that's how they, that's how they appeared to be in, in, you know, prior to this. But they seemed they did seem a bit rattled and, and really from the moment that Sinclair went off injured, it just seemed people seemed to not quite know what was going on and all got a bit desperate. Yeah, I, I, I do think the occasion got to them. There's no shame in that. Uh I, I think that's what happened. I think South Africa rose to the occasion better and and one of the reasons they won. Um and even now on the screen with the background of watching Khaleesi there, do you know what? I'm, re- I'm really happy for him. It, it is a fantastic story. Anyway, look at it. I know that means fuck all because it's a game of, it's a game of rugby, but I, oh, I hope yeah. that, I hope that does help South Africa somehow. I don't know how it would or how it will, but I hope it does. But yeah, if, I think if it right. wasn't going to be England. I'm glad it was South Africa. Yeah, I, I actually, I agree. Genuinely. I, I, yeah, I genuinely agree with that. If it wasn't going to be England, I'm glad it's South Africa. And do you know what? I'm glad we lost because the team that beat us deserved to beat us. Yeah. I would hate to have lost by some... Bad decision poxies. or... Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm glad we lost because we were outplayed by a better team on the day. Oh, it's hard to say, isn't it? We've, we've obviously so dealt with we've dealt with losses before on this pod. Yeah. This isn't the first the first time, um, but we just, it just I guess because we've because it got so close and it's a World Cup final and we've been through this before. 
you know, after the elation of 2003 and the rhubarb, um, to, to <laughs> sitting in Burlesy's living room in, in Fulham. In 07, yeah. No, people do not need to be calling me right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, To, yeah. to sit in Burlesy's living room in Fulham in 2007 when South Africa did this to us last time. Um, and now this. And it's just, oh, what could have been, Dan? What could have been? But I... Um, you know, when when they showed that clip of South Africa having their name etched on the trophy before full time, I was just like, oh, God. So I went straight to Twitter and changed our profile to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2023. <laughs> I, I believe it. We've said it all along. <laughs> um, it's, oh, mate, it, 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 it's painful. I've. Today I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but I, I, I played I played rugby with a lot of staffers, uh, like good lads, great players, and uh, I know the calls are coming, so I've had to open myself a can of the old listening juice just to put up with their shit today. But good for them, they deserve it. Um, shit, mate, that's it's painful. It is. Painful. It hurts. It hurts. So we don't. I'd, yeah, no. I, I mean, I don't want to point fingers and things, but. It's part of why we're here um, and what we're doing. For you, well, first of all, on a positive, you know, this is a very young squad. Um, you know, there are huge things ahead for these guys. Um, you know, as as Delalio said, it took him six years to win a World Cup from from beginning his England journey, um, and for most of these guys, they've had four. So, you know, there's 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 time. You know, they're, they're, they're all sort of young, low to mid-20s, or the majority of them, certainly the, the kind of the, the the real impact players, the the, the Kunderhills and the Vernapolas and various others, you know, Watson and... Yeah, I'm not going to go through them all now, but um, are there any players that for you are going to struggle to to continue their England careers with people who are coming up in the ranks and... and I, I think maybe the likes of a Dan Cole, purely from an age perspective. I Dan don't mean Cole's... World Cup. I mean just just as in you know next time England meet Six Nations next year. Um, again, or do you think this is very much the the this? Do you think the thirty one from this World Cup is very much the the sort of the no the core? no no the, the end of the World Cup has to be a changing point. Um, and there are players like you say a people who need to look at are these the guys we are going to help take us forward? Um, it's no, no player has done themselves in this service. Every player has been awesome. Every England player has been awesome. And I'm really proud to be an England fan. Um, but I'm skirting. And, and yeah, I, think, I, I, think I, you're, I, I think you know where I'm going with this. So yeah. let me ask the question. Right? This, this is not me questioning his ability as a rugby player. This You're going to say Elliot Daly. Elliot Daly as as an England fullback going forwards. Was that a mistake? Is he is he a winger or, or even a centre, which he's still down as being? Uh, Has he been playing out of position? I don't think it was a mistake. I, I don't, it didn't necessarily work as well as it could have, but I think there were all the signs to say it should have worked as well as it could have. My, my problem is, is if you're going to play in a World Cup final, Right, you, we we look we look at the England team, and you look at the the back row with Curry and Underhill and Vunapola, and you look at the front row with Vunapola and George and Sinclair, and you know Marrow in the second row, and various options to join him there. 
there are kind of these world-class players. You go to the midfield and you've got Farrell and you've got Tuolagi and you're thinking, yes, you look at the wings with May and Watson and various people. We don't have that same kind of hell yeah when we look at our fullback and our scrum half. And do you need to have it across the board, really, to be to be a dominant number one team in the world? In, especially in two very key positions of scrum. I mean, you know, scrum half and fullback are two of the most important positions on the pitch. They're part of the spine of the team. I, I don't want to go down the route of saying they haven't done because I actually think I actually think Ben Youngs has been good. Um, I think he's probably our best scrum half in England at the moment. So I I don't think there was anything wrong but, with okay. that. Okay, I mean, and that's and that's so. So I'm not necessarily saying that he shouldn't have been picked or that it's yeah. his fault, but. But is that therefore a problem for England? Like if, I if, am skirting around it. You're right. If, if you're, is that a, uh, like well, because you you want you know you look at teams need to have a world they need a world class spine really. That's yeah. that's important, and it's all well and good saying that you know oh well on their day they can have a great game. Well, they need to have a great game. They need to have a you know a, a good game when they're having an off day. I so so my short answer is I still believe in Elliot Daly. I still believe he can As be a, a world class fullback. Okay. I still believe that can happen. Ben Youngs, I think. But you say been... what you hang on. You, you say that you still believe that can happen. So you don't think he's a world class fullback right now. Uh, I, I, I don't think he's played as a world class fullback right <laughs> so, now. So you no, don't no. think he's a world class? No, fullback no, no, right no. I, I, I don't. I and, don't. And no. do you think there are world class fullbacks in England right now? Uh, Alex Good. So therefore, was this not a mistake? As good as Elliot Daly is. Does that not tell us that that actually? No, because I, I think the reason Elliot Daly is not world class right now is because he hasn't played world class. I don't think it's because <laughs> he's not capable. I mean, I, I, I'm, I I'm also I'm also world. only not world class right now because I haven't played world class. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, yeah, like, we've been through this before, mate. You can win any arguments with facts. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, yeah, no, no, I, I know. Off it, the it fence. I sounds like splinters. On the here. I'm not. I, I don't think it was the wrong choice. I don't think it worked out as you'd hope, but I don't think it was the wrong choice. <laughs> okay. um, I, I think I think Elliot Daly is the right man going forward. Ben Youngs, I think, has been the right man. I think his time may be coming to an end, not because he's not a great player. He's just older because, as well. He's yeah, new. exactly. We've got, we've got some great players like the likes of uh, Spencer, Maunder. We got some great players coming through. I must admit, I still would have liked to see Danny Kerr, but. Equally, I don't think England could, whatever who was picked, whether Cipriani was there, whether Alex Good was there or anything, I don't think that changed his tournament. I think England... No, I agree. I don't think Cipriani... I genuinely, as as good as he's been, I don't think Cipriani changes anything in this World Cup. No, I don't think anyone does. So despite despite all the... Yeah, despite what I've just brought up for the purposes of giving us something to talk about that's maybe a little controversial <laughs> yeah. um, and forcing you off the fence for, for five seconds. Um, to, today, today we, we lost. We lost up front. And that's not to take anything away from our forwards, but I think you know England have developed a style of rugby that, that South Africa couldn't do. You know, so it's two very different tactical approaches to this game, and theirs was more effective in this game. Um, you know, South Africa aren't going to play the kind of flowing rugby in the in their you know up front that England play, um, but 
clearly, you know, you're, you're going to look at today's result and the performances today. It, it doesn't matter if you can slow the, the slow the game down and control pretty much every aspect of it um, through being that dominant up front and defensively and particularly at set piece. And, and bottom line is that's what it came down to. I mean, Faf was saying in interviews afterwards that actually, you know, one of their strengths is the is the rolling ball, and England managed that, which is great. But that scrum, you know. I wonder whether England are going to need to look at having, you know, in future, a team like South Africa, if you identify that they're going to play that kind of a power game, is it enough to have a scrum that's all about, you know, silky skills and flowing flowing rugby? Probably not, as shown today. You need yeah. to be able to front, front up, you need to be able to match them and you need powerful scrummages who can compete at that because it's it's clearly evident that, you know, it's as old school as rugby. Um, if you can't win scrums, you can't win games. It, it, yeah, I, I, mate, I, I'm actually spot on agree with you. And when you said it's all very well having the silver skills, we have got the next generation inferior of props with the likes of the Sink, Mako, Genj. But I hope Joe Marler sticks around because sometimes you need the scrummages. So, and, and like you say, having all that skill in the world means nothing if you don't win your set piece. I think Marlon might be sticking around. He uh, he was being interviewed. I can't remember what it was. It's probably one of these clips that ended up on Twitter. But he was being interviewed the other day and was obviously asked the question. And he definitely alluded to the fact that he re- when he retired, you know, it was because he felt it's what he needed to do. But when he decided to come out of retirement for this World Cup, it wasn't just because it was a World Cup. It was because he wanted, you know, I guess through through you know, looking at things, discussing things with his family, he decided that actually if he can go into it with a slightly different mindset, then maybe it's something that he can that he can approach differently and enjoy in a different way. And he certainly alluded to the fact that he might have found a way to do that. Um and and, you know, his his various accounts, his various interviews and things have been brilliant throughout this World Cup. And so if that's any sign of the the way he's feeling, he's clearly in a in a good space. Possibly not right this minute, but um you know, prior to this game. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we might see more of him. I hope we do. Um, yeah, same. Because I think he could be, a, a you know, an important part of this of this England setup, and And, you know, perhaps in future with, with people like him, Dan Cole maybe, or, or, or someone similar, you know, perhaps in a game against a team like South Africa in the future, you simply go, all right, well, we need to start with those guys. So that from the beginning, because maybe that's what we missed today. Maybe maybe we need, you know, if we're looking for, for, for excuses, for reasons, for, for explanations, maybe we should have approached it and said, we're going to play our, our kind of str- our scrummages first, because that's what South Africa are all about. And when we take away, hopefully, their ability to control the game through their scrum and they start to open up and it gets a bit loose, that's when we make the changes and we bring on those impact players who are the playmakers Maybe that yeah. would have been the approach that might have worked today. It didn't happen. Hindsight's it, it, a wonderful thing, but you know that's what we—that's all we have. Yeah, exactly. And I—I I see what you mean. Would it have been great to have shut them down at source, like yeah, maybe just start, from the start? Because you know yeah. you gave, they, they got themselves—they they got themselves ahead right right from the off. I mean, not right from the off. They missed their first kick, but they got themselves ahead and they remained ahead. And it's always difficult to play from behind. And. Um, just yeah, would that have been a, a you know given that it, ultimately the changes got made um, later to to deal with it, 
But was that at that point, was it too little too late? And actually, potentially could have dealt with that from the start. You know, start uh, start Crusoe in the back in in the in the midfield in the midfield. Start Crusoe in the in the second row. Start with the scrummages up front and bring on the likes of um, you know Mako and uh, Sinks and Courtney Laws when the game hopefully starts to loosen up a bit. Um, maybe maybe that would have been. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think, like you say, hindsight's a great thing. Did you go into this match believing our starting scrum were going to be dominated? I didn't. No, no I didn't. Uh, and, and so I, I was, you know, I was saying to my cousin uh, the other day. He's South African, um, so he's, he's half and half. So obviously he uh, he he tends to so uh, quietly. To your cousin Jay, congratulations, mate, yeah. and fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> he, he's like six eight. So I was, don't fuck I was that saying much. to him, yeah, yeah, he looks a lot like Razzy Erasmus. So much so that I'm, <laughs> I know a little word with his, with his mum, my aunt. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't know if he's listening. Um, yeah, I yeah. I was saying the other day. I, do you know? What? I don't know enough about. I mean, I do now, but I don't know enough. Didn't know enough about South African players going into this. Um, you know, I don't watch enough of their domestic rugby and we obviously don't play them often enough and I don't really watch the championship um, which maybe I should do <laughs> but um, so yeah so you know you're looking at the team and, all, and you're hearing you're hearing you know big and powerful and you're thinking we've, we've got big and powerful don't don't worry about it yeah. um, and actually you know they, they, they taught us a lesson today um, oh, but they, yeah, that, they, but they, that's they, me. You know, England have have all the resources to know what this South Africa, these South Africans are like. Eddie obviously has insights into what the mindset is, albeit not under Erasmus. Um, so England clearly backed themselves as well. But you know, they were dominated. I mean, it wasn't like they just oh, got the, the rub of the green. They, they England were on the back foot in every scrum, even on their own scrums. Um, you know, maybe one or two calls. You, you could argue. They were a bit unlucky, but I think at that point you're, you've been so dominated that you're going to struggle to convince the referee that you know in a fifty-fifty call that it's not your fault when you've lost ninety percent of them to that point. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, that's just the way the way that it goes, and you, you have to be able to front up from the, right from the off. Um, just one quick thing. So there was, um, was it, I can't remember if it was a kick off or if it was. I think maybe it was a it was a kick off the back of a line out from South Africa and they they uh, they kicked the ball wide and and uh, Elliot Daly and was it, was it Nkosi on the on the on his on his opposite wing out there but they both caught the ball at the same time and then it obviously went to a mall and then South Africa got given the scrum i think it actually may have led to their first try i i don't, I don't remember the incident there was oh, a, what, it what? basically it was both the, the ref said both of them caught the ball at the same time oh. therefore advantage to the attacking team yeah yeah well surely if south africa kicked the ball away then the attacking team is england oh well no i i think he so i have agreed that but i think he thought that, the, that south africa had maybe gained the ball and were going forward well no but he's he's he said both players caught the ball at the same time Therefore, advantage to the attacking team, Scrum South Africa. I would just argue, because I'm nitpicking, because I'd need something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I would just argue that in that situation, South Africa kicked the ball away. Therefore, England are now the attacking team. I, I guess it is. I, I don't know. I, I guess it is an attacking kick if you're the team going forward, because they've kicked it forward, they're driving forward. I, I don't know. Whatever. Like, like you say, we, we, need to, we, we need to nitpick. Because quite frankly, 
we've got nothing to complain about because we were beaten by the better team, which is fucking infuriating. Another interesting one for you. So we've always been absolute stalwarts when it comes to saying take the points when they're on offer. Yeah. Yeah, without question. In this game, because of the way it was going and because because of how much more dominant England looked when they were in you know in the uh, the South African 22 personally there were times where i thought i know that the points could end up being massive but and it would be a big call but i wonder whether actually kicking for the corner now is the right move because actually if you're going to close this gap and turn and turn this game you need tries and at the moment they're doing such a good job of pinning us back that maybe that, two points isn't enough that's a great shout. That's a that's a really great shout. I I'd, I'd, I hadn't thought about it like that because you know I'm a massive advocate. Yeah. To take the points. I mean, I think we were but, twelve points. Uh, no, we were we were nine points down. So arguably, taking the kick makes it six, makes it then a one score difference. Well, but, there, there was a point where we were six points down and we had a kick which we missed to go three points. Yeah, down. yeah, no, but this was before that. Yeah. This, this was oh, when yeah, we, were, yeah. we were nine down. So the kick took it to six down, um, yeah. which, which we got. Took it to six down, which meant that we were then within a score. But my argument is, you know, on the rare occasions that we made it into their 22, we looked quite dominant. Admittedly, they defended incredibly well, but ultimately gave away a penalty in the process. And, and so, you know, the kick came eventually anyway. But in that situation, was it, was it, would it have been worth saying, do you know what? This is one of those occasions where it may not be the obvious move, but the way this game is going, we need to, yeah. we need to put ourselves in a position where we're in the most dominant space we can be in in this match. And for me, at that time, that would have been the better call. It would have been a huge call to make because had had they not scored their their two tries, which frankly came as you know, let's be honest, those two tries, as good as they may or may not have been, it, they didn't come off the off the back of them being awesome. They came off the back of the game having having to break up because it was England getting desperate and mistakes were getting made. I don't think in a close a closer contest those tries would have happened. Uh yeah, I, I it, it's hard to say. Nice. My my problem with it is I know at the time if we'd gone for the kick I'd have been furious, um, and and like you say yeah yeah with hindsight because the way it's going we we probably did. I mean need I said this, 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 this I, I said this up. I said this before the kick so this this one wasn't a hindsight call. Mm. It wasn't from your point of view. Yeah. It, would, it would have been from my point of view. I mean Haddo um, and Farrell said we're going to go for the corner and here's why and explained it like that. Would you have said? Do you know what? Fair enough. Uh, or is that a pointless question because of hindsight? Yeah, it's maybe pointless because of hindsight, but I, I, I probably wouldn't have. Certainly at the time, I wouldn't have. With hindsight, maybe I would have because the the way the, the way we looked better was when we were when we were running and attacking, and when we were going to set piece, when we were going to play the space, South Africa completely dominated us. And so, yes, now you say that, that makes a lot of sense. But at the time, when a match is that close, I'm thinking every point. But even if we're taking every point, we still lose that. So actually, you're, maybe you're right. You probably are right. We possibly should have looked at uh, what could we have done to change the dynamics of what was going on on the pitch. Mm. Um, and, and that probably was the right call. Um but I, I would never hold that against because at the time, in my mind, there was no doubt you, you have to. Oh, take unless the, the t- unless times up, times up, and and therefore the, the the points don't mean anything in the end result. Then then you're you're always gonna 
sort of back a decision to take the points because it's a smart, sensible, safe option. I'm, I'm, that's kind of what I'm saying. You know, it wouldn't have yeah, been yeah. the safe option, but but I can see a reason why, despite it being, the, you know, not the sort of the sensible, smart move, it potentially being actually quite a clever move for the reasons I've just mentioned that you yeah, know, yeah. putting themselves in a position where. Because, you know, you can kick to the corner, put them under pressure, and then they're going to win their line out and they're going to kick the ball back down the pitch again and put it into touch further further down. But if you can put the ball into touch in their corner and it's your own ball and you can back yourself to win your own ball, you create opportunities, you're putting them under pressure and there's a chance of the seven points. I don't know. We'll we'll never know because it's not going to change. Um, but that was one of those occasions where I just thought, you know what, on this, on this one, I, I would understand switching it up. Uh, and 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 going for the corner instead. Anyway, it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't. And like we say, this, this is all hindsight. But I, I actually, your 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 point of it, I think, is a good point. And and maybe that is the sort of thing when you're when you're losing the game from the battle, from that physical battle, you've got to try and maybe change the dynamic. So that could have been great. But I'm sure there'll be know, plenty of people that would argue that at the time. It was nine points the difference. It was six after the kick, and therefore you're only within two kicks of, of yeah, or, playing or them one, at or one score. Yeah, playing them at their, at their own game. Um, you know, which was true literally until it all broke down. Um, but I just think that's not England's. That's not England's style. England have proven that what they have created is the ability to compete with free flowing uh, opposition. Which is which is kind of a move away from what they've been in the, in, the, in the past. What South Africa have done is they've taken what perhaps in the in the past was England's sort of bread and butter type of type of game, yeah, and yeah. they've and they've made it very very effective. Presumably, why it was effective for England in the past. Um, you know, I think what England need to do moving forwards is they need to retain this this kind of ability that they have in open play, but they need to come up with smart ways to deal with. Physic, the physical, the physical side, the physical side of, of a game like the one we played today, um, and teams like South Africa, and they're definitely capable of doing it. And they've got people, and I think it just comes. I mean, and there were times in this game when they did deal with it and they put pressure on South Africa in the scrum, but it just happened. It was too little, too late by the time they worked out where the problem, you know, what the problem was. Um, and so, yeah, I just it brings me back to the question of, you know, did we just get the, um, did Eddie just get the the order wrong? You know, should the finishing fifteen that he named first have been more of a dynamic fifteen, and have the the heavy ball carrier, not the heavy ball carriers, you know, the the heavy scrummages up first? It's a rhetorical question. Yeah, it is, and, and 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 I think the answer is Eddie didn't get anything wrong. I think Eddie's been absolutely amazing. You get rhetorical, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I know. I Let's that move means. on. Uh, yeah. George Ford. <laughs> George Ford has been has been immense in this World Cup. Probably slipped slightly under the, under the radar uh, for quite a lot of people, but he's he's done a brilliant job today. A little a little bit nullified. It's not to say he played badly, but the opportunity didn't present itself for him to to to, to create anything special. Um, you know, this is aside from the various, I and mean, it wasn't just him. It were numerous people throwing wild passes that just seemed nuts, um, getting a little desperate, but. It, we talked before about the fact that he was <clears throat> someone that we felt really comfortable having in the 10 shirt because of what he did behind a, a kind of a backward moving pack in Leicester last season. Mm. Didn't It didn't seem to materialise today when England for the first time in this World Cup were on the back foot. 
Um, has he just got too comfortable? No, I, I, I don't think he had any opportunity. I don't think George Ford did anything wrong. And, and one thing I was actually happy about, like the changes that he made, I like the fact he made the changes when he did. It's not one of those where you make the changes at the last 10 minutes as roll of the dice. Eddie knew we needed to change. We made those changes. We gave it a try. We still weren't good enough because okay. South Africa were too good. I need to get your fat fence again. So I'm not saying uh, that, George Ford. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that George Ford wasn't good enough. I'm saying did South Africa nullify the impact that he has on this England oh, team? Oh, oh, com- and therefore, again, from a from a from a kind of you know, Eddie's always talked about how he picks the team for the opposition that you're playing, or for yeah. the game plan that they want to that they want to impart on that particular game, right? Um, we've seen it in this World Cup. We saw it against Australia where he moved forward to the bench because he wanted to play a slightly different type of game against Australia. And Australia ultimately won. Oh, sorry, England ultimately won that game. So therefore, it, it worked. Um, he Eddie said in interviews before this game that they had a few options that they considered for this game. But ultimately, they decided that this was the best uh, the best kind of t- 23 in, in the order that they were going to play for this game. It, it obviously wasn't. Um, or it didn't work, but so my my question again is, you know, would George Ford have been better coming on later in the game? You know, would would it have made a difference? Do you think perhaps to have instead of doing what Eddie did when he made his changes, actually for those changes to have been the other way around? Yeah, uh, on, on, honestly, no. I, I think South Africa nullified us even when we changed us. Well, I think they would have whatever we whatever team we played. I think South Africa played the game they needed to play to win. And I think whatever team we picked in whatever order, I, I don't think that would have changed. So England those. simply don't have the players to beat South Africa? No, England 100% have the players to okay. beat South Africa. It's just today, South Africa outplayed us. It wasn't. It so, didn't work so, for us so, today. Well, I, <laughs> you're making this very difficult. Obviously, England lost. We know that. They didn't play well I, enough I today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That with hindsight, with a different team, yeah, if South Africa had a different team, but actually, I, I don't, I, I, so obviously, you don't know because you don't know, but I think if we'd played, say, Farrell to a laggy slate, if we'd started that, I think South Africa's game plan up front was so dominant that it would have made little difference from that perspective. I, I think it was about the scrum, even if we'd started with Cole and Marla, I still think South Africa had dominated us enough for it not to have made the difference. So I don't think Eddie's made a wrong call along the way. Interesting. Okay. So, and, and, and that's a shame because, yeah, with hindsight, he's sort of a different team. Things can go better. Okay, so but, let me ask you a different question then that uh, perhaps doesn't give you the opportunity to say, uh, to say to sit on the fence. How, 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 how would England have won that game? How could England have won that game? Uh, we, we needed to play more ball in hand. We needed to be more accurate. I, I, I think, I don't think we were accurate enough. I think we made silly mistakes. I think we were, I think what little chance we were given. South Africa gave us so few chances. And, but I still think if we'd been accurate and as efficient as we had been against Australia and New Zealand, I think we could have won it. I think we, we lost it because we weren't accurate as we, are good enough to be in as we should have been. Fair enough. Where do we go from here? Obviously, you know, England's going to need to um, 
let this sink in and 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 they're going to be gutted um I don't know when they fly home imagine it will be in the next few days um it's unlikely you're going to see any knighthoods <laughs> uh, now. Uh, um, yeah. Maro probably doesn't win player of the uh, the year now not Maro uh, Tom Curry no no um so so where do we go from now I think what we've got to remember is we have a great team we have a young team it's gonna hurt and it's gonna hurt for a little while and maybe there'll be a hangover at the Six Nations I have no idea I hope not I mean, you would, you would you would argue just to jump in there. You would argue though that Six Nations, if England have got a hangover for the Six Nations, surely Scotland, Ireland, you know, not qualifying, um, Wales squeaking out of the sem- out of the uh, quarters and then and then getting dominated in the semis, or not? Sorry, other way around. Yeah, uh, who, who's going to hurt more though? England squeaking out of the quarters. Or... Yeah, j- just losing out, but in a pretty average game. I mean, if only South Africa had played like that against England. Um, and then obviously you're getting dominated in the bronze final. Um, you know, are they not going to have as much of a hangover, if not bigger? I mean, I think that, England needs, look, England needs to now grand slam. That's, that's the next, that's the next thing that's needed from these England boys to just, just to show everyone that they're capable. And I, and to be honest, I don't think there's anyone in the six nations that can do to England what South Africa did as much as Wales would like to think that they can. I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. So I think the difference between what happened to England compared to Ireland, Wales, Scotland, that lot, I think England were the only team in the Northern Hemisphere who were capable of winning the World Cup. I still believe, and this is a big shout, I still believe England are the best rugby team in the world. We were beaten on the day by a better team. So Ireland, Wales, that lot, yes, they might be annoyed in things but I think in their heart of hearts they know they were not good enough to win the World Cup whereas we should have won the World Cup we were the best team but we didn't so I think it will hurt us more than the others I think though the next four years you are going to see it a similar England team to what you saw between 99 and 2003 just really it's all going to start happening now and and... yeah does Eddie stick around I mean we've obviously got him till 2021 from his I, point of view, come 2021, assuming that this team is is continuing to build on on what they've already achieved, you know, let's say so, we go and Grand Slam and you know we, we hit, get a Grand Slam in the Six Nations, for example. So, so, so right now, my personal thoughts is we either commit to Eddie to 2023 or we do a handover with him the next year. I personally would like to see him stick around. I would too because I th- I think he's an amazing coach. I think he's done a great job. So I personally hope he sticks around to 2023. But if not, and if that's never going to be the plan, I want the change to be made quicker than 2021 because I think 2021 is too late. Does it, does it kind of, I mean, it, it worked. A two-year cycle worked for Rasmus, Rasmus is an awesome guy. Yeah, it did work. Um, but that, but that's, <laughs> I, I mean, I, admittedly, I admittedly, he took over a team that didn't look like they had a hope in this World Cup. And... Uh, can, you know, change them into something, some, something completely different. Um, you know, they that were happened really, in 90, that happened really in ninety five in South Africa as well. They looked such a shit team, like the year before, year two years before, and then they rose to it. South Africa, when Rosie Rasmus has changed South African rugby, and he has done an, an unbelievable job. From an England point of view, I I want us to commit to Eddie for four years. 
But if we're not going to, then let's I want just that move to... on sooner yeah. rather than later. Yeah, I think that's yeah, fair yeah. enough. I don't. Yeah, there's no real value in having him stick around for two years and then not be around for the long haul. So I yeah. think either, yeah. either you make the call now and say, do you know what? Like, so so talking of Eddie Jones, I mean, he obviously said, "Judge me on the World Cup." I, I think he's produced a brilliant England team for World Cup. I think he's done a great job. I don't think anyone. We, we... I don't think anyone can can say to him, "You haven't done enough." Like he's done everything he can. Uh, in yeah. terms of getting England into a position to win the World Cup, it yeah. hasn't happened I, on the day. And you know, anyone who's, who's anyone in rugby will know that you know that that can happen with any with any team. You see yeah. upsets. We see upsets every World Cup. We've seen them in this World Cup. You, you get your team into the final. You know, you, you've done every, you've done all you can, and it's now up to the to the twenty three men involved over the course of the eighty minutes. To, to finish the job and unfortunately England weren't able to do that today um, and Razzie Rasmus's men were um, but I think credit to Eddie Jones for what he has achieved and 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 you know he went through highs massive highs and massive lows with people you know one minute saying he was the greatest thing ever and then the next minute saying he was awful and had to go and then all of a sudden going oh wait maybe he has got something and then suddenly going he's amazing again I just hope we don't start to see you know people jumping back on this bandwagon Suggesting that his time is up, he said he'd win the World Cup. He didn't, therefore now he needs to go. And and, and kind of, I, I don't think it will happen because I think you know people will recognise what he's achieved. Um, but yeah, he's obviously not going to win Coach of the Year either. I imagine that goes to Rasmus now. It has to, it has um, to. and fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I would like to see him do more. I guess the question is going to be whether or not he wants it or whether he feels like. I did everything I needed to do and they didn't get across the line. What well, whatever happens, Eddie's done a brilliant job. I hope he stays. Uh I I I hope he commits to us. And if he commits to us for four years, I think we'll be an unbelievable team. I think we're an unbelievable team now. Um <clears throat> I I have nothing against Eddie at all. I think I think we've said all along we've backed Eddie and yeah. I still back Eddie. I think he's I think England have done a great World Cup. I think our players have been immense. I think we were beaten in the final by a better team and South Africa deserve the world champions. It stings to shit. I've, I've literally got some built on in my fridge, which I'm about to chuck in the bin. You should. But you should. yeah, oh, I'm about to let them take a piss on it. But oh, it's unnecessary. But... <laughs> maybe unnecessary, but you know, we're, we've all got our ways of dealing with stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hope Ed, I hope Eddie does stay around. If not, thank you very much for your service, Eddie. I think you've been a brilliant coach. I mean, because if he doesn't stick around but he stays with rugby, then uh, what would be next? I mean, I'd loved, I would have loved for him to have taken on the Lions job if he wasn't going to be with England. Oh, Um, that's interesting. Well, yeah, and I think that you know, people, people all sort of screamed, "No, no, no, don't give it to him." But you know, and then I think he made some comment about it being a a kind of a a joke of a job wearing a suit for eight weeks or whatever. But you know, he's he's so good. He was so good when he first came on board with England at creating something in a short space of time. I'd be fascinated to see what he could do. Um, obviously, it's irrelevant now because they've given it to Warren Gatland again, um, which means it will be half of Wales and then everyone else will get a few a few players picked and Alan Wynne-Jones will be captain. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll no doubt cover it. But um, What what a Lions saw. What a Lions saw against the world champions. Yeah, Farrell should be captain. Yeah, Farrell, Farrell will be captain. We should. So, so um, it's obviously not going to be. Um, oh God, Ireland's captain. Um, 
Rory Best Rory Best is retired. retired. Uh, yeah. Alan Wynn, I think, has retired as well. No, he hasn't. He said he's got a couple more. He's got two more years on his contract with. Did with he? Welsh, well, I thought. Union. Yeah, he's not retired, so he will be captain. No, no, he won't. Farrell will be captain. Farrell should be. But, he will be. He will be. But I, I, uh, I don't. I just. I mean, I don't personally think that Alan Wynne Jones makes the first fifteen. So therefore, I don't think he can be captain, and that's going to be the interesting yeah, yeah. one. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We've got a couple of years for that one. Um, but yeah, speaking of the future, Dan, we're going to obviously need to cover various things. I'm sure we will be back for the Six Nations. Um, we will, and, 100%. And, and I think gen- generally we want to we want to make the effort to to kind of dust off the mics for all the big competitions um, that England are involved in. Um, it might be a bit much to commit to doing a weekly episode for the next four years. Um, no doubt, a couple of years from now, if we're still going, if we're still speaking to one another, um, and, the Lions, <laughs> and the Lions rolls out, we're going to want to cover that again because that was, that was a good one to cover last time. Um, and, you know, who, who knows? If we get that far and things are still going strong, we've still got people tuning in to listen to us, maybe we'll, uh, we'll pick up um, where we left off same sort of time in a couple of years um, looking towards the next World Cup but um, there will be more from us perhaps just not as regular um, so, but uh, well, not, as long as you not... as long as you've subscribed that's the key if you subscribe then if we don't post an episode you don't have to worry about it when we do you get notified boom I, 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 yeah I think that's, I think you and I have probably uh, been for enough to know we I'm pretty sure we'll still be mates in four years I'm not convinced well... that, that, that's, that's <laughs> awkward well, that is awkward. Yeah. We've lasted. We've lasted long enough so far. Well, that's we what were... I, that, That's how I felt. You know, like let's not <laughs> rock the boat. Like we've been friends a long time, but you know, things end. Like England's <laughs> World Cup dreams in 2019. But I want to finish with, and I truly believe England will win the World Cup in 2023. I do. I. I mean, I obviously, I genuinely thought they'd win this one, but I thought they'd do a double um, because this, as good as these guys are now. They're only going to get better, and most of them are going to peak for the next World Cup. So, you know, if had England not been in with a shot at this one, you'd, you'd already be looking to 2023 going, it'll be an interesting one to watch. The fact that they got, went all the way to the final and unfortunately didn't work out on the day, but they definitely had the talent to do it had things been a little different. Um, you know, it's an exciting time for these guys, and the future is definitely bright. Um, and there's a, and also, let's not forget, there are some, there are some awesome young players coming through the ranks who at the moment you know haven't been involved but you know someone like a Marcus Smith yeah know, yeah who's already looking brilliant and yet he's about seven um <laughs> and that that's yeah to name but one um but you know there there are young players who are um desperate to be involved and who are going to be pushing these guys very hard and you know in, if we thought England's strength in depth issues were a problem now I think the next four years are going to be uh, very interesting, and we, you know, I think we'll see a lot of the, the same core group of players. But I think we'll we'll probably see some other in, you know interesting additions too, and hopefully they'll be just as um, impactful and impressive. You know, not least of which is uh, you know, Tom Curry and his clone. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot to come. Congratulations, South Africa! Commiserations, England! It was a great World Cup. Japan, he did a great job. And Dan, we, we, and Dan we, I think you we know, were so close. A little we pat were on the back. So close. A little pat on the back for us. We we made a we made a call two and a half years ago. We actually made it four years ago on Facebook on a Facebook group. Yeah. Two and a half years ago, the podcast came out 
it said, we believe that England will win the World Cup in 2019. We got all the way to the final. They were they were very much still in with a shout at half-time. It, it, it was the last 20 minutes when it all went wrong. And unfortunately, our prediction just fell short. But, you know, we wouldn't change it, even though we'd know, knowingly be wrong. <laughs> um, you know, we have that kind of belief in these guys from the off, and, and despite the highs and the lows. Um, and... You know, we still believe in this team. I think that's the key the key message here, isn't it? So um, for all of you that tune in or have been tuning in week in, week out, thank you so much because you know we, we made this decision. We, Dan and I would have these conversations every time England played rugby, but we just had them on the phone. And we just said, you know what? This whole podcasting malarkey looks, looks interesting. Should we just basically record these conversations and then post them and see if anyone is, you know, wants to listen? Um, and we did that. Um, just after the Six Nations in 2017, 2016 yeah. even. Um, yeah, 2016, because it was after England got knocked out. Yeah, World Cup in 15. Um, so we did that. We started it then. And uh, yeah, amazing how many of you have since tuned in, got in touch, told us what you thought, asked us questions, told you know, shared your stories with us. People on Twitter, um, you know, it's, it's by no means huge, but there's another thousand of you on there that, you know, uh, following us and and loads of you that regularly reach out and and chat to us and ask questions and and uh, get into uh, snipey little battles, but it's always friendly at the end, you know. And that's what this has all been about. Um, this kind of journey that we've taken with you guys. So we will yeah. continue to bring things on on the pod, um, but exactly what format that will take is still to be decided. Yeah, I I, I think it's fair to say like for two. For, for us two, we started this, like you say, sort of two and a half years ago. Last month, we were just shy of 20,000 downloads for our episodes, which for two knobheads is un- unbelievable compared to, we're tiny compared to the big ones. We've never tried to compete with them. But guys, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for your input. We've really enjoyed it along with you because we're, we're, we're the same as all you guys out there. We're just massive rugby fans and, uh, it's been fun. It's been awesome, and we just fell. Just fell ch- one, one hurdle short. One hurdle short. One hurdle short. But yeah, well, it's thank- not the end of the world. Exactly. Thank you to the England boys for for making it possible for us to have something to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Gutted for you guys, um, and you know, hopefully, you can pick yourselves up and and you know, onwards and upwards. Thank you, obviously, yeah, to to you guys for tuning in and listening to us, making it worth doing. Um, as I say, we we will have. Something will will be returning. We'll probably take a bit of time off now. I think. I think we need a little little break from it. Um, but you know, who knows? One day you'll be sitting there drinking your tea, drinking your coffee, and a little episode will pop up on your screen, unexpected. Maybe something like that will happen. We'll see. Um, but you know, continue to reach out to us on Twitter at England Rugby Pod. Um, the, the, the account's not going anywhere, and, and we'll still be chatting rugby on there. Um, and obviously, you can still email us um, englandrugbypod at gmail.com if you've got questions and things. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I guess if we if we get the content through, if people people show enough of an interest in in specific things they want us to cover, maybe we'll find a way to um, to bring some more. And I think maybe what we'll look to do is is start getting more people on as guests and maybe go down that route a little bit. But um, this is all to be decided. For now, enjoy if you can what's left of your weekend. Let's let's let this soak in. And then let's raise our heads again and let's continue to follow these boys um, from, from the Six Nations onwards.